Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, everything is one. Now, ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons, and science is now just catching up, but it's not new science. This science of quantum physics is over 100 years old. Um, quantum physics talks about quantum entanglement, where everything is interconnected and interdependent, and also the unified field theory. These things have been around over a hundred years. So this is not new science. This is science we should know by now. And also it science is just is at the just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to learn. But like I said, spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching this universal truth of oneness for eons. So when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on, on earth. Today's show topic is Divine Guidance with Norma Edwards. Welcome, Norma, to Awake to Oneness Radio. We have Norma on the phone with us. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and that welcome. <clears throat> it is a joy and a privilege thank you. to be and with you today. This brand new year of 2020, and I'd like to say to your listeners, a happy, blessed, and peaceful new year. Yes. Thank you so much. You're right. We are in 2020. And I, uh, to me, 2020 is the year of clear vision. And I think a lot spiritually is going to happen. We're going to see a lot spiritually happening in the world as a whole the humanity consciousness shift the humanity is slowly but surely awakening to who we truly are as spiritual beings so thank you i'd like to to share with our listeners how norma and i met we met (laughs) (laughs) she's laughing because it should be on videotape (laughs) but we met at the ions conference this past September uh, in the Philadelphia area, and Norma was a speaker there, and I was invited to be press. (laughs) So the funny thing is, I was wearing my badge that said press on it in big letters, but Norma was looking at my face, at my beautiful eyes. She wasn't looking at my badge. And so (laughs) we started talking in the lobby and she, you know, she was saying, you know, I don't really like to talk to the press. And then, so when she said that, you know, she wasn't looking at my badge at all. So what I did is slowly bring my badge up to my face. So she could re- and she when she saw it, she just got so tickled she ran, <laughs> ran away and hid in a corner. <laughs> it was so fun. I know you had to be there, basically. It's one of those moments you had to be there. But that is how Norma and I met and I did attend her talk and she gave an amazing talk at the IONS conference in 2019. She has a beautiful, wonderful near-death experience to share. So I'd like, Norma, please share with our listeners your journey and your near-death experience with our listeners. Well, thank you for the opportunity and welcome. As um, as my host says, my name, I am Norma. I have to tell you, first of all, that I had no idea what those three little words really meant. And it took two decades of my life to determine the meaning of the three little words, I am Norma. And I want to say to each and every one of you listening today, if you have not yet discovered Uh, the meaning of I am and your first name, it's time to get busy and make that discovery. Now, I want to share with you that 
50 years ago. Yeah, that sounds like a long time. December the 19th, 50 years ago, I woke up like every other regular day, and um, I was not feeling quite well. I hadn't been feeling well for a couple of weeks, and my doctor told me that I just had a, a strange bout of flu. But as the day progressed, I did go into work. The day progressed, and I began to feel these pains, pains in my in my stomach. And at about four o'clock, I looked up at the I looked up at the clock because I still had one more hour to go. The pain had intensified, and um, it came on and it kind of faded out. And then at ten fifteen, it came back. I looked at the clock and I went, "Wait a minute." This is labor pains, because see, I had already had two children before. Okay. And um, the pain intensified now, and I asked to leave early, stepped into the elevator. Now, this was in London, England. That is where I lived at the time. And in those days, in the 60s, elevators stopped with a jerk. <laughs> uh, the elevator stopped with a jerk, and it just put me into excruciating pain. I collapsed in the elevator. But the interesting thing was that the only other person in the elevator was a Hindu woman. I knew she was Hindu because she had on a sari and she had that red dot at the top of the, uh, her forehead. And um, she and I were the only people in the elevator. So she obviously ran out of the elevator, got people to help her, got me out to the... Um, to the curb because the hospital was like two blocks away mm -hmm. hailed a cab and got me into the cab we got to the hospital she and the, the cab driver kind of held me up and got me into the emergency room and he unfortunately drove away with my handbag he did not realize the handbag was still in the cab which meant that I passed out I lost consciousness and the doctors and staff is saying to this poor young woman, what's her name? I don't know. Where does she, do you, do you have a telephone number for her? No, I don't. <laughs> do you know where she works? I know nothing about her except the fact that she says I am normal. Mm. And the journey began. So mm. she stayed. My handbag is in, with all my information, is in this cab. And the cab driver doesn't realize it's in his cab until the next morning when he enters his cab and sees it there. So she waited, and they had to call the police, and the police had to begin to do some sleuthing to be able to find my husband, because they had no name, they had no telephone number, no address. And God bless her soul, she sat in that, in that waiting room from about 5 o'clock in the afternoon until the whole emergency was over. Wow. But... On my way into surgery, I regained consciously for a few minutes, and the doctor said to me, they're moving me on a trolley, and he's running along the trolley, and he says, we need to do emergency surgery. You've got a dead baby inside of you. The baby oh. had died inside of me. And nobody, including my doctor, didn't even recognize. See, my doctor had said I couldn't have any more children, so he never thought of doing a... a, a pregnancy test right. and this baby had been dead for quite a while inside of me and had begun to poison me um. so they rushed me into surgery and um, uh, the other interesting thing about this story is I've got a Hindu woman sitting praying in the in the lobby and uh, one of the nurses on her way out kind of heard the, the commotion and she fell in step with the trolley and somewhere from a distance I could hear her going Hail Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and in the hour of our death. I can hear that faintly through my unconsciousness, right. which meant that I had a Hindu and a Catholic praying for me. At the same time. <laughs> At yes. the same time. Yes. Um, well, they rushed me into, into surgery and, and the memory of, of excruciating pain. I could still feel this pain. And then suddenly I experienced this absolute calm, peacefulness. Something like the way I live now, and um, I'm, I'm I'm amazed because the pain has gone. This excruciating pain has gone, 
And I'm looking around me, and I realize I'm on the ceiling. Now, you talk about being baffled. There has to be a strange, strong word in the English language for it than baffled. Because I'm looking down on myself on an operating table, surrounded by a team of doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. And I am completely confused. How can I be in two places at the same time, I'm asking myself. And then I watched the nurses begin to hand the doctor the instruments with which they will perform the operation, and I'm horrified. So at this point now, I'm thinking, i got to get down there and let this doctor know I'm okay. I'm no longer in pain. He doesn't have to do this operation. But I, I have to remind you, as I tell this story, pay attention to some of the key points. One of the key points here was the power of thought. Yes. As soon as you think it. There it is. How do I get off the ceiling to get to this doctor? And instantly I'm in front of him. I'm right in his face and I'm going, hello, hello, this is me. <laughs> you do not need to do this operation. And of course, he's totally oblivious of me. Yeah. So of course, I'm thinking, okay, he's a man. So maybe this is the reason why he's not paying attention. And I turn my attention now to the nurses. And I'm running behind these nurses one at a time as they go off to get, you know, pick up the instruments and what have you. And I'm going, hello, this is me. You need to listen to me. And then it occurred to me that nobody can see me, nor can anybody hear me. And then the next thing I know, all hell broke out, broke loose, code blue. And I look at the instrument and I have flatlined. And now I'm really dumbfounded. And I'm thinking, there's something wrong with this room. The, the the people in the room don't seem to be able to see me. Now the instruments are malfunctioning. Because you see, to me, you could never explain to me in that moment that I had just died. Okay. So I'm thinking the instruments are malfunctioning. What are they going to do next? And with that thought, I'm like, I'm getting out of here <laughs> before somehow they take my life by mistake. <laughs> And again, the power of thought. No sooner I said that I am back up on the ceiling and I'm moving at the speed of lightning mm -hmm. and I enter a very dark tunnel. And when I say dark, you could feel the darkness in your soul. That's how dark it was. And I'm moving through this tunnel very, very quickly and suddenly a spark of light appears. And it begins to radiate. And with each circle, it gets stronger. So naturally, if you're in an extremely dark area and light presents itself, you get totally focused on the light. Yes. And I'm focusing on this light that's escalating in front of me and getting bigger. And then we come around a corner and ahead of me, oh, my God. Light like you cannot imagine. I, I, there are no words for me to describe it. Mm -hmm. There is this shaft of absolutely brilliant white light ahead of me at the end of this tunnel. And as I get closer to the tunnel, the thought in my head, here's another critical thing to remember. I am dead according to, according to human experience, but yes. I'm processing better than when I, when I was alive. Yes. And I'm thinking, if I ever survive this experience, the velocity of light I'm about to enter would burn the coronas out of my eyes. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I merge with light. And there are no words, not in the English language or any other language. Those of you out there fearing death, there are no words anywhere in the English language to describe the peace, the joy, the beauty, the glory as I entered into the light. I entered into the light and found myself merged with light. Mm -hmm. I also had a very distinct feeling that I had become love. Mm. And again, I mean the brilliance of this light. And I'm, again, I'm thinking my thoughts, well, how do people move about in this environment? No sooner I said that, I began to move. Only this time I'm aware that I'm moving, but my feet are not touching the ground. Mm -hmm. And I come to a, it looked like a, 
you know, when you look at movies and you see the 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 Colosseum the Romans built, it looks like a Roman Colosseum with huge, huge pillars. And as I got there, I stopped. And this, I have to say it was a humongous screen, mm-hmm. huge television screen, because you know in the 60s, you can imagine what the size of television screen looked like. Right. I've never seen a television screen that big. Uh-huh. And the television screen began to, it lit up, and then it began to scroll very slowly. And I'm standing there in wonderment, really drafted by this huge screen. And it has three columns on it. The column on the left is my life as I had planned the journey. Mm -hmm. The column in the middle, and of course in the left, there are all the objectives for the experiences I was about to have. The column in the middle represented those experiences and those moments and all the activities that was intended for me to work through through these so that I can accomplish what's on the list. Does that make sense, Karen? Yes, yes. And then there was a column on the right, on the right-hand side. It looked as though someone had made a stamp and on each level, it said, objective not accomplished. Objective not accomplished. Oh. So I'm looking at all these objective not accomplished. Now when I go back to the, the left-hand side, and I'm reading, you know, well, and it is very detailed. For example, the very first thing there was the amount of uh, moments I was supposed to spend in the womb, mm-hmm. uh, delivery, and how much time that should take. I mean, it was very, very detailed. Mm-hmm. And um, now my head is moving from the, the left hand column to the center column because I'm seeing the opportunities that came my way to be able to accomplish what was on the left. But unfortunately, I was kind of like not following the pattern. I was totally unaware that there was such a thing as a pattern. You know what I'm saying? And that resulted in the stamp. The only place where the stamp said objective accomplished was birth. <laughs> you were born. <laughs> I was. I did. I did follow the pattern, and I got myself born. Okay. But then everything else, I watched resistance. Uh, and I think if 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 it's one thing that you know, I'm you know I'm writing a book. As a matter of fact, I just finished writing it. Yes. And the book is called Awakening. Ah. And if it's one thing I want to impress upon people is, we got to stop the way we pray. Mm. Prayer is a powerful thing. But what I noticed in my record is, and I asked the question, who taught me how to pray? Because when I looked at the prayers that I had sent up, it was there in the record. Mm -hmm. None of this was in line with what I came to do. And if anything, it became an obstruction because prayer really does get answered. We say these prayers and repeat them, and they get answered because we have free will. But in my case, I don't know about anybody else's, I had been praying and asking for things that were totally contrary Mm. to what my purpose here Uh, was. And hence the objective not accomplished. Objective not accomplished, you know? Many of the things that I prayed and asked for had been granted. Mm Mm-hmm. But they had now become in the way. Can you see that? Yes, I do. I'm stumbling over these stumbling blocks that I placed there myself mm-hmm. in my ignorance or lack of right. One, there are a couple of things that stood out at the record for me. First, of course, was this thing about prayer. I watched this image of me on my knees, head bowed, in this in this in this mode, if you like. Mm-hmm. This this stance of begging God for something. Mm. And then yes. after that, I saw the stance it should be. Because mm-hmm. God don't want us to be beggars. Definitely. He wants us to become co-creators with him. Yes. And so the next stance I saw next to this stance of me like a beggar was me standing with my arms outstretched, 
palms fully open, my eyes turned heavenwards towards the light so the light can come in. The second thing that struck me um, about uh, at the record was that, and, and I now teach that, mm-hmm. timing is everything. Okay. But the timing belongs to Almighty God, not us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we could but learn to first believe that the timing is everything and that it's God's timing, then we would really find ourselves working with the creator to manifest what needs to manifest rather than carrying out our own program and getting frustrated because our own program is not manifesting itself in the timeline that we think. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. I think of it, I just want to interject. I think of it as this too. Um, I think the, the part of us that gets in the way is our humanness, is our human mind with our limited human perception. But our, we are, like when I speak of oneness, I speak of us being one with each other, but also one with God. So That's right. Our, we are spirits. Yes. yes. Trapped in a physical body. Right. But while we're here, we pay only attention to the physical body and the values of the world. Exactly. And that's what's holding us. Exactly. That's what gets in our way. But when we, when we really, when we focus on our, when we focus on our connection to God, our higher self, source, universe, whatever terminology a person has, I like, I use the term higher self self and i know my higher self is not separate from me i have i go in i quiet my mind which is all that human programming i quiet that i tell it to shut up and then i listen i go take deep breaths and listen to my heart and i know that my heart is connected to my higher self which will guide me in the right direction and you are right Except I would, I, would, I would just drop a hint here. Take the word higher self out and place the word spirit there. Okay. Mm-hmm. The spirit. Mm-hmm. And spirit has, that's the other thing I saw on the record. We have no beginning and we have no end. We are truly eternal. Yes. This is true. Yes. And, and you know, if I had the power, I would take the word death completely out of the English language. Oh, definitely. I say it all the time. There is no such thing as death. <laughs> nothing but It's a transition from one place to yes. another. And yes. then we get some rest. That's what I saw in the record. We get some rest, get a little bit of rest from paying bills and, and all the, the havoc of life here on earth. And then somebody rouses us up to you. I also signed a record when I was told that I had to return and I was not a happy camper <laughs> at all. Not at all. I hear that um, And then lot. we get some rest. Yes. yes. We, 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 we get some rest and then we start planning the next lifetime because each lifetime has got its own um, curriculum, if you like. Yes. Yeah, and, and its purpose. Mm-hmm. And then we come and we either get graded. Yes. We either do very well or we come and we get so infatuated with the world and its standards and it's what have you that we sometimes play the whole lifetime out using the world standards and Mm -hmm. whenever we get back there they they gotta rough us up a little bit and send us back Mm -hmm. but i also saw um another thing that i saw at the record that that has completely uh, changed my life when i came back when i put it into practice we cannot get paid twice we cannot get blessed twice for the same thing Okay. And what I saw there is, for example, many of us, most people on, on the planet, there are very few planet, people on the planet who are now givers. Most of us are givers, right? Yes. And we will give to charity, we will give of our time, and so on and so forth. But if you get paid in human currency for it, that's it. You can't turn around and expect a blessing too. So what I saw the record is we have to structure our lives in such a way that we get paid because we must earn money to run our living, right? Mm-hmm. We get paid for the services that we give, and we get paid in human currency. But where the blessings come in is the things we do for which we are not paid. Mm, I hear. Yes. And that's what I saw the record. Mm-hmm. Yes, the things that are intangible 
the love that you give and the kindness and the the service that and you the time give and the time and the time you mm -hmm. know you go to work you work for eight hours and at the end of that day you know you will earn x amount of money for the day mm -hmm. well you have given your service and you have earned that money whatever it is that you do for a living right but it, it's up to us to structure our lives in such a way that we are giving a bit of ourselves our time even our prayers Mm -hmm. So that we can be blessed. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So that was, that was a biggie for me. But then I kept having questions. Like I kept asking the question, who taught me how to pray? Because what I saw there is that we're constantly asking God for this or that. Mm -hmm. But nobody in churches teaches us to be quiet, be still, mm -hmm. and listen for the answers. So we yes. were not taught meditation. Exactly. And so I was, I was very adamant about well, who taught me how to pray. Mm -hmm. They did not tell me that I needed to shut up, be quiet <laughs> and be still and wait for the answer. Exactly. This thing called meditation. Exactly. There was also, um, I had had a baby that I carried. It was born and it died three hours later and I couldn't get over it. Mm -hmm. And we had to bury that baby. It was a boy. And that was one of those things that had saddened me and I couldn't get over it up until then, okay? Okay. And then I saw in the record why that happened. That okay. he and I had walked before, because up until then I'd never heard of previous lifetimes. Right. He and I had walked before in a lifetime before and he was trying to teach me this, 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 this lesson on love and I, mm. I couldn't get it. I mm. didn't get it. And so he chose to design a lifetime at the last three hours mm -hmm. so that having spent nine months inside of me, he would get sensitized to my energy. And mm -hmm. then he would go back in spirit and become one of my guides. Mm. And from mm. that place, he then guided me to an understanding of love. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Because the reason I say that, um, you may not remember, my, my son is in spirit. He, he transitioned mm -hmm. five years ago at the age of 29. And I knew at the moment of his transition, I was blessed to know this, knowing at the moment of his transition that it was a soul plan that he mm -hmm. and I had. So I, you know, and there's a, I mean, if people want to understand, there is a backstory to how I knew that at that mm -hmm. time. Um, but um, thank you for sharing that because I do know that a lot of parents listen yes. to my show. Uh, I'm at, matter of fact, my, my main audience might be parents that have children in spirit. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. That. So, yeah. And when I saw that, I was, I gasped, you know, I gasped. <laughs> But mm -hmm. then it was the first hint of lifetime. I was lifetime. I didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said that, the, 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 the scrolling screen stopped. It like reconfigured itself. And when it started re-scrolling now, there was six other lifetimes mm -hmm. scrolled into the one. Mm -hmm. And that answered phenomenal questions that I had been carrying for years. Mm -hmm. wow. And I'm watching this, I'm watching the school and I'm watching how uh, things that I did not get finished in a lifetime before, in this lifetime I was given the opportunity, but I blew it because I was too busy praying for the things I wanted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> happens to a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> So yeah. that was my first introduction to lifetimes. I watched myself in a lifetime way back when when Moses was put into the into the basket into the mm -hmm. right. and I was there. I, I watched that and I I watched it because it it all had to do with teaching me this thing called divine love. Mm. Well, the screen eventually came to a halt, and I still have questions, and I'm thinking now again thought how do I get around in this environment? And as soon as I think that, right. I find myself moving again. Only this time, I came to a river. Okay. When, we, when I was a child in Sunday school, we used to sing, yes, we will gather at the river. Right. The beautiful, the beautiful river. Yes. Well, there is a river. Well, it was for me. And on the other side of the river, my God, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And the most amazing thing about me being on the one side of the river, the river wasn't very wide. 
Okay. The, on the, me being on one side of the river, I could feel the love, this tremendous amount of love coming towards me from these people on the other side of the river. Now, there were about five or six people that I recognized from the lifetime I had just left, mm-hmm. like my aunt. But most of the other faces I couldn't recognize, but there were obviously people who had lived with me in lifetimes and for whom there was love between us. And so I'm standing there and I can feel, I'm overwhelmed by this amazing amount of love that is being beamed at me. And then my aunt stepped into the river and the river had moss. It was covered with moss Mm -hmm. and she had a net and she began to try to clear the net. And every now and again, she would look up at me and I started to walk towards her and before I got to the middle of the river, she stopped and she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, you, you're not going to be allowed to cross at this time. And I said, why? And she says, because you have to go back and give them a message. Mm-hmm. And you will find this funny. I said to her, there are millions of people back there. <laughs> if you want to send a message, you can pick one of them. Why me? I'm already here. Right. She said, no, you have to return. I said, well, what's the message? You need to go back and tell them that there is more to life than meets the eye. Yes. And no sooner she said that, I literally found myself falling, 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 falling. And guess what? Mm -hmm. In my falling, I was convinced I was falling back to hell. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that out of me, it's still there. During my study since then, Spirit said to me, you still have that question in your mind about earth being hell. Well, pay attention to the number of fires that are burning on earth. Mm. And it will help you to answer your question. Right. Now that's a mouthful. Yes. I get back into the physical body now, and I am not a happy camper. I am not a happy camper. I can't wait to see this doctor who wasted his time, as far as I was concerned, and brought me back from that beautiful, blissful place of light and love right. into pain, because now I'm back and I'm in pain in this hospital hospital room. Yes. But I'm watching the nurses move around doing their tasks. And I realized that a whole paradigm shift had just taken place. Mm-hmm. I could see their aura. I could see their their mental and their physical health. Mm-hmm. Their physical health. I am amazed at the fact that some of them, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're dedicated to helping people heal, but they don't realize that they're sick and they need to be healed themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. There was a, I was in ICU, but every time they opened the door, there was a nurse sitting outside the door and she had a radio playing on on classical music. Okay. And oh my God, I could see the notes. I could Mm -hmm. see the notes. Like when somebody would go through the door, open the door, I could see the notes coming into the room and I could see that every note is tied to a color. Every color is tied to a number. Every number is tied to a mathematical symbol. And I am just like out of my mind. It's like, what in the world has happened here? Yes. They kept me in hospital for nine days and it was, I mean, things would come out of my mouth that I didn't really want to say, but I couldn't help saying. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the first time they took me out into the the ward, so to speak, you know, and um, because in those days you had five, six people, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there was a woman in the room who was, she could hear her groaning. You could hear her groaning. And the, the nurse came out at one time and she's talking to another nurse and saying, you know, she, we've given her the maximum amount of painkillers, but she's still groaning. And I said to her, I said, oh, it's okay. She, she, she'll be home by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She'll be home before the morning break. Okay. But what I meant was I knew she was going to die. Well, of course, she died before the morning break, and then the nurses came to me. Well, did you mean that? Did you will that? How did you know that? But see, I was so excited for her because she was going to the place I was longing to be at. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A whole paradigm shift took place. The the, the one day, the the Monday, um, two nurses are talking, right? Right. Apparently, they both attend the same church, but one had to work on Sunday. 
So the other one, they're working at the table, and the other one is describing to her the sermon that was that was preached on the Sunday. Yeah. And it was a sermon that had to do with the devil. And I'm mm. screaming, that that's not true. Where did you get, where did your pastor get that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, when you were talking about, you know, you had this sense when you were falling, of course, you know, what we're taught, what we're taught in church, of course, you're going to think, oh, I'm falling to hell. My belief with there is no such thing as hell. And I don't think of earth as hell. It is a very, very challenging school. Um, it is a school, but the school is hell, believe you me. <laughs> well, no, you know <laughs> when what? When you not, have felt the joy, I, I when you it. felt the joy of the other side. Yes, I understand. It was really, really asked. When I came back, I really asked. I mean, was but it like, necessary for us to do all this? Yes, but, but what, like you said before, there is no such thing as death. All there is is eternal life. And we literally, honestly, we choose to come to this school, this 3D dimension that is extremely diff difficult. I don't know if there's any other dimension more difficult than Earth. But well, we, there's a lot, there are a lot of other dimensions, trust right. me, and they probably are more, more difficult. But might, the thing yes. about it is, you know, when, when you say to people, you choose to come. Let, 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 me, let me give the example. You, you, you're okay. taking me now back to the record. Okay. So I'm at the record, and one of the places at the record I see is the point at which the decision was made that I should return. I did not want to return. I did not want to come back to Earth. Yeah. And I watched several guides come and try to talk me, give me all the advantages. These are the experiences that you must have in order for you to grow and for you to move in. And I was just, I was just, have, I was not having it. Mm -hmm. And then it was very interesting. There was this, this male guide, male species guide who mm -hmm. came and he took me to this room. And in this room, it had this very ornate chair. And I gasped for the beauty of the chair. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you know, that chair belongs to you, but you can't, you can't, sit in it you won't be allowed to sit in it until you have mastered one two three four and the only place you can master one two three four is back there on earth mm -hmm. <laughs> i said but did you don't understand how hard that is that is very difficult why would i want to choose that and interestingly enough in the record he said to me i tell you what i'll i'll be there when you when you are at your hardest trials Mm -hmm. I'll be there for you. So if you agree to return, I promise you I'll be there. Now, it seems like standing at the record, I understood that he didn't have a plan to return at the time he was speaking to me. So I said, if I'm ever going to listen to you, you'll have to be older than I am for me to be able to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And he says, don't worry about it. Now, do you know, I did not meet that person until I was 56. Mm, okay. And we met under very interesting circumstances. Mm -hmm. I was really going through divorce and, and raising children, and life was really, really at a very, very bad place for me. Yes. And he showed up mm -hmm. as the person who did my taxes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear, I do hear what you're saying, but I also know that even like you had a beautiful near death experience and you were there, you were in the light, you were at home, you were in all of the joy, but the your 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 human mindset kind of was thinking, I don't want to go back to that place. But it's when I speak about we chose to, to come here, it's our 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 spirit, our soul, our God self. I like high, I like using the term higher self. The reason I like using the term higher self because it reminds me that it's not separate from me. It is a part of me. It's the it's the part of me that knows all my lifetimes. It's God. Yes, it's God. It's the part of me. I, I, and incidentally, God is not a man. Right, of course. Yeah, it's not a matter. It's right. a phenomenal vibrating force that we cannot begin to understand. Exactly, 
exactly. But that God self of me, that higher self, the part of me that knows all, that knows every lifetime I've lived, that knows exactly why I choose to come, my, my, my goals, my purpose, the things I want to accomplish as a soul. That's why we're here, because we're here to accomplish these things that we want to accomplish as a soul. So that's why I always, me personally, I always think from the spiritual perspective now, um, especially since my son transitioned. My, my entire mission and purpose here is to help inspire others to remember who we are as divine souls. But also remember that some people in their plan, mm -hmm. like this gentleman I'm talking about, um, he was a businessman. Mm -hmm. And when our lives interacted, like I said, he was a person who did my taxes. I'd just gotten divorced and know anything about taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so he ended my life as like a, like an advisor, a business mm -hmm. advisor, and a person who literally held my hand and taught me how to do business. So that I started my very first business. But the interesting thing about him was, I remembered saying to his sister, I got to know his family, and got to know his sister. And I said to his sister, I said, you know, your brother doesn't have a single spiritual bone in his body. All he ever thinks about is money, 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 business, money, 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 money. Mm -hmm. And later on, I discovered that was his disguise. I see. That was, and, and I told him, I said, that was, happened to be the most perfect disguise I have ever seen anyone put in place because mm -hmm. when the time was right um, he was the person who helped me get back to the other side mm -hmm. four times mm -hmm. while I was fully conscious Okay, but his disguise was of such in the world that there's no way you could have looked at him and said he even I, I actually said to him I said do you even have a spiritual bone in your body <laughs> <laughs> But the thing that I am trying to teach the world now is the learning curve it took. Mm. You see, because after I came back from the near-death experience, I became suicidal. I was very depressed and suicidal. Um, planned three suicides attempt and failed in all three. Now I'm not only suicidal, but I'm feeling I'm a failure. Mm. <laughs> I'm well, taking I, my own life. Let me confess, I, I have had at least well, three, yes. Three suicide attempts, and the last one I, I share in detail is uh, two and a half years before my son transitioned, when doctors said he was going to, wasn't going to make it, and he did. It was a, it was a true medical miracle, and that's, and, but I, I, yes, so, and I do, I believe in every fiber of my being that if it's not your time, it's not your time. Oh, no, you don't go with your time. But I think when they said it to me, you know, after the third, third time, I, I planned this thing so meticulous and it didn't <laughs> yeah. work out. And um, the voice in my head said, now, you know, if somehow you manage to get to the other side, we'll send you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, I, I believe so strongly, and I share this with parents that have children in spirit, that it, it everything happens in perfect divine perfect time. Perfect divine divine time. And if perfect it's not your time, you're going to get kicked back out. You can get right kicked back, back out. And, yes. and oh God, you can imagine. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't pay to try to commit suicide. You know, no, 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 no. I, I mean, then I, then I sat down and I go, okay, now then that's not a good idea. Forget that. Yes. <laughs> it's not going to work. And then I became obsessed. Well, I know that this place is real. I have experienced it. I have felt the love. I felt the joy. I need to go back, even if it's just for one hour mm -hmm. or one day. And that started a phenomenal journey. Okay. A learning curve that took two decades of my life. Three continents, seven spiritual teachers, and a whole change of my entire life pattern. Became a total vegetarian. Mm -hmm. It's been now 46 years. Mm -hmm. um, took flesh out of the diet. Uh, began to do serious meditation, yoga, stretching. Mm -hmm. um, began to read very seriously 
uh, on spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. And God sent the teachers. Yes. That completely transformed the life to where it is now. Yes. Now, where did it where did it lead to? Because of course, the one thing I couldn't remember, the one detail I couldn't remember of my near death experience when I came back, I knew that I had been told what my purpose was, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember it. Okay. And it really, really bothered me. But now I understand why I couldn't remember it because when it was time for it to be fulfilled, it yes. was shown to me in a dream, in a meditation. Okay. I entered this prison. I saw myself going into prison. I saw myself coming out. And I remember when I came out to the meditation, I thought, oh, my God, am I going to get locked up? Mm. But then the thought hit me that I had gone into the entrance of the prison, and I came out in the same clothes I went in. Mm. Okay. It dawned on me, wait a minute, you may have gone there for some kind of purpose. Well, it turned out that my purpose was bringing light into darkness with prisoners. And so I've just retired from 27 years as a as a prison chaplain oh. and work very, very closely from from youth programs to death row mm-hmm. with, um, with prisoners who are now, many of them ex-prisoners and have turned their lives around. Uh, so it led me, the whole journey led me to finding my purpose. But I have to tell you that when I discovered what the purpose was, Again, I was not a happy camper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that in a nutshell is the story of my life. And uh, at mm-hmm. the age of, of, of well over 70, I have just finished writing a book called Awakening. I love the title of your book. Can you tell us? I can't wait till it's, on, you know, so I can get my hands on it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Awakening will be out in the spring. Okay. And, um, of course, I'll send out notices. But Awakening started off first with someone suggesting that my story was so uh, deep that they should make a movie of it. And so we started out first um, writing the projection of a movie. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on them, but wait a minute, in order to, to really portray who you are today, we need to get detailed information of, you know, how you started life, etc. Yes. And so when I started to write Awakening, I was convinced, you know, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, tell God what you're going to do. And he really has a party laughing at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What you want to do or what he wants to do may not resemble each other. Mm-hmm. I started off writing Awakening and thinking that I'm going to stay away from the Christianity piece. And I'll just write a very spiritual dissertation yes. about the journey, the spiritual journey that I um, encountered and, and the people that came along as teachers. Uh, very, the most profound teachers I've had were a pair of a husband and wife. He was 90, she was 87, Lord mm-hmm. God Almighty. They taught me so much about spirit, the spiritual realm and living living in a sacred and spiritual way so i wanted to keep it very spiritual Mm -hmm. but then when i started writing it now that i've actually just finished the manuscript now that i've finished the manuscript it is very clear the manuscript starts with my birth Mm -hmm. and it follows those traces you know I, i was i was i came into a family where both grandfathers were pastors okay and so you can imagine we spent most of our life in church. I think yes. Friday night and Saturday night were the only two nights we were not in church. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this heavy Christian background. But by the time I was eight or nine, when you hear two sermons on every Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, yes. I had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother had said to me to stop asking pastor questions because it's becoming embarrassing. Some of them you can't answer. Mm. So I started to write them down. I, I did not know that I was journaling. Right. But I started to write them down and, and accumulated three notebooks full of questions. Okay. And um, there were questions that came from the Bible and, and things that didn't kind of like, where did these women come from that married Adam and Eve's sons? Right. You know, things like that. Right. I wrote them all down. And... Um, in the journey, on the spiritual journey now, it seemed like since those questions were so strong in my mind, they had to be answered okay. before I could move to the next level. Right. See what I mean? Yes. And it's like 
experiences and people came into my life to answer those questions. And then once those questions were answered and they were moved aside, yeah. then I was able to open up to this to the whole spiritual, the realm of being spiritual and so serious, serious, serious um, meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In so many ways, I find that for me, I don't know, I don't know if it's the same for every human being. I cannot say it's the same right. for every human being. But right. for me, those questions that I had were kind of like in the way mm-hmm. and held me back from going the spiritual way until I got answers to them. I understand. And it's, it's, I, I speak about uh, in a lot that we're so, we're unique aspects of the divine that each of our journeys are going to be different in the sense that I mean, I, my, my, my family I was born into was not very religious, but they did send me to Catholic school. And mm-hmm. what, at a very young age, I'm four or five years old, I'm thinking what I'm, the, the dogma of Catholicism did not resonate inside my soul at five years mm-hmm. old. And I had mm-hmm. questions. I had tons of questions, but I, my father said, a child is to be seen and not heard. So mm-hmm. I could not um, vocalize. I could not ask these questions. And um, so as I grew up, I, it, that there was a burning desire to get answers to these questions. And I knew within myself there was a missing, one missing piece. And the missing mm-hmm. piece for me was understanding oneness. And it was science was quantum physics, even though I was reading spirituality, metaphysics books off and on for 30 years. When I watched a documentary about quantum physics, Uh that tied everything together for me. That understanding the universal truth of oneness is what answered all my questions. And that is the feeling I got that I was standing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. When I was standing on the other side, mm-hmm. it's like you're so connected to the, the earth. You're yes. so, you, your earth is behind you, but you still feel the connection. Yes. You're so connected to, to everything. There were trees and the trees had purple leaves. I remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I marveled at the fact that they had purple leaves. You never see trees with purple leaves on, right. on, on planet earth. Right. But the trees had purple leaves, but you were connected. It's like you were connected to every vein in every leaf. Mm-hmm. You, you, were, you know, when I saw the people on the other side, there was a total oneness. It wasn't like looking at 300 people. It right. was like being a part of a body of people. Yes. And this togetherness and this oneness. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what we need to be striving for. Yes, 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 yes. I believe that is the solution the oneness, the unity consciousness. And I believe that's what humanity is awakening because we've been living in separation consciousness for eons. And so Mm -hmm. now it's time for humanity as a species, as a whole, to awaken to the fact that we are all, we're connected to each other, we're connected to the trees, we're connected to the trees, we're connected to the animals, the plants, everything, everything, everything. And when we truly know that in our heart, that we are connected, not only will it bring peace on earth, it'll put an end to poverty. It would put an end to war, crime. Mm-hmm. All of our problems would be solved with that understanding. Wait a second. If I hurt another person, uh, I'm only hurting myself. Myself. That's yes. And, yeah. um, but, you know, the good news for me and and the book Awakening uh, 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 speaks to this. Okay. Uh, I don't speak to it by saying, well, here, this is what I think it would be. I just share my story. And, and you know, just one, one little episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that young lady I told you uh, happened to be in the elevator with me. Yes. She was Hindu. She yes. continued to be a part of my family right up until we left London. Oh, wonderful. She never changed her Hinduism, and I never changed my Christianity, and we never argued about religion. Of course. The British are very conservative people. Yes. They don't even talk to each other, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't get angry and upset if you're an immigrant and don't talk to you. <laughs> right. 
But I remember the day when I, I, I got into a medical emergency and the ambulance showed up at my door and none of these people spoke to us. Mm-hmm. We were the first black people on the street. They didn't mm-hmm. speak to us. Right. The ambulance showed up and the, the police officer is saying, I'm saying to the police officer, I can't leave until my husband gets home because right. I have nobody to take care of my child. Children, and yeah. those women came out of their doorway. Mm-hmm. And because um, the police officer was saying, well, we'll get a woman police to take care of him until his father gets home. And um, mm-hmm. they came out of their doorway. And I ended up being hospitalized for four months. Mm-hmm. And they ran my house. Oh, my goodness. When I came home. I looked at them and I said, I hope you all don't expect that I'm going to be able to upkeep this home the way you've done it. Because there were seven <laughs> of you and there's only one of me. <laughs> right, right, right. We became a family. Yes. A family got created away from home because we had no family in England. Right, yes. And I had connected with some others. So my ex-husband had gone, gone to England for an education. Okay. But we ended up with a very unique surrogate family that included blue-eyed, blonde-haired people, yes, Indian people, Caribbean people, yes, <laughs> yes, and a oneness. I mean, we 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 loved each other. We shared ideas. We helped each other. We helped to raise each other's kids, yes. and it was just an example yes. of what can really happen in the world. Yes. But you notice it had to be almost tragedy that brought us together. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. But that is so true. That is so true. I have respect for all religions. I myself yeah. don't claim to be any one religion because if I was going to put a name to what I believe is unconditional love, that is just just love for another and it doesn't matter what a person if they're hindu buddhist uh christian islam all religions i have utmost respect for and i believe at the core of all major religions is love unconditional Mm -hmm. love yes unconditional love yes but um this has been this has been a, a wonderful experience thank you so much for inviting me oh thank you so much please share with our listeners how they can find you, your website. Um, This show will be airing on the 17th of January. So we will share those links with everybody with all our on social media, but please share um, with our listeners how they can find you and anything you can share about when your book is coming out and where's the best place, Amazon, where's the best place to find your, your book when it's out? Oh, you're asking for a lot of information. Well, first of all, you can reach me on my website. I am a life coach. I'm a certified NLP life coach. Yes. And I do um, substance abuse intervention as well. Yes. And you can find me on reprogram your life as if it's one word. Okay. Reprogram your life. Dot org. org. Yes. That's my website. Yes. My um, email address reprogram your life at yahoo.com okay and i've got a a class coming up for the for the dawning of the new millennium Mm. it starts on february the 18th and it will run for three sessions okay 18 the 25th and the 3rd of march um and it is called bridging the gap ah i like that i like that for the 21st century. Awesome. So now um, if they go to your website, will they also find the information on this class? They'll find the information on this class. They can send me an email if they need further information. And um, the book Awakening, uh, we are, the, the, this, the target is to have it released mm-hmm. um, by Easter. Okay. Uh, in the spring. Yes. And as soon as they have the date for that, I will send it. Right now, we're um, we're going into editing, etc. Right. I will have that information on my website. Awesome. But um, it's I I promise that it is a is a treatise that I not only enjoyed writing, 
but that it forced me to take a very serious backward look in my life mm-hmm. and to um to do some processing, some analyzing. There were times when I I laughed. It produced hilarious laughter. And there were some times where, uh, you know, I remembered some of the trials yes. and the tribulations. Mm-hmm. And um, it it speaks very much about the the, the sacredness uh, that has been implanted in me since my near-death experience. Yes. And it also speaks of practical spirituality mm. you know we can we can read the theory we can read yes. the concepts but how do you live it on an everyday basis is what that couple 90 he 90 and she 87 that yes. is what they taught me you have to get practical this yes. is the practical way in which you live it and all of that information i tried to put into awakening Awesome. Very good. Very good. One of my favorite quotes from the Bible is count it all joy when you were talking about the laughter and the pain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and count yes. it all joy. All joy. Yes. yes. Yeah. yes. My yes. favorite one is be still mm. and know I am God. That I am God. And of course, God, I keep saying it. God is not a man. He's a phenomenal field yes. of energy. But here yes. on Earth, you know, we like to put put things into math. We like, we, we like right. We like to label. And we like names. Yeah. Yeah. We like to name things and to label things. But God, for me, the term God is all that is. And when I write the term, when I write God, I put slash all that is, meaning there is nothing outside of God. It's mm-hmm. all God. Mm-hmm. It's all, all universal. If yes. some people choose to use the term universal, that's fine. Yes. Some people choose the term higher self, that's fine. Yes. Even if you want to call it a rock, it's fine with me. It is, yeah. The point is, it is what it is, and regardless of what labels we choose to put it under, it's not going to change the divine essence. Exactly. This is so true. This yes. is so true. This the is divine true. essence is what it is, and it is what it is and yes. always will be yes Very i want to say it was such a joy meeting you <laughs> thank you it was such this is such a joy such a pleasure and i know that we will be and stay in touch and we will get together again especially in the spring see i live in the poconos and it's really snow on the ground it's cold Ooh. but when it, the weather gets warm We'll we'll definitely run into each other at a conference. Yes, and I plan to be at the the, the IONS conference. Twenty twenty uh, this year. Yes. Yes. And I also I'll be presenting. I'll be presenting again. Yes, I'm hoping to be presenting. I'm I'm not. I no. I just am putting in my proposal now, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping to. I actually was invited to present by the former president um, a few months ago, but the, there's a new president. So, there's a new president. Now, yes, yeah. there's a new president. So we'll see how that goes, but I will be there. Yeah. So we'll see each other there again. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been an amazing conversation to share with the world. And your experience is so awesome and it just it speaks to the truth it speaks to the universal truth of oneness because so many they're all one the animals when the animals die we need to weep too you know Mm -hmm. we're connected we're all all of the energies of life are connected and um the, the, the the sooner we know that and we understand that i think is is the sooner we will get to to that peaceful place that we long so much for. Very true, very true. I also want to say that, you know, if, if people want to uh, perhaps listen to some of my thoughts, they can go up on Voice America. Okay. I had a three-year program on there called Spirituality 101, and I think they still carry the, the episode. Even okay, Voice America, okay. Voice America. Okay. And, uh, it's called Spirituality 101, and there's three years of, of beautiful conversations. It, it, it allowed me to interview some amazing people that have done some amazing things and are sharing uh, amazing, amazing, amazing experiences with the world. Awesome. And Very together, good. you know, we'll get there. 
Yeah, we are. We we have to get there together because we're one. So we yes. will get there. There <laughs> is hope. Yes. There is hope eternal. And yes. that's the message that I would like to leave with your, with yes. your listeners. There is hope. Yes. Very true. Thank you so much, Reverend Norma. I appreciate you being my guest. I have so much love for you, and we are going to stay in touch. I might just get in my car and drive down and knock on your door for a visit. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and may God expand your territory Thank in you. 2020 Thank so that us. your listening audience and that that you say and feel and give out to the world will be felt by thousands. Thank you. That is my prayer for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Love you so much. Happy 2020 to everyone. And we'll be seeing you and keeping in touch. Much love. Namaste.